Hi, can you hear me? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Perfect. Hi. Hi. I'm good. How are you? You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. You do too. Thanks. <laughs> well, welcome to the Mirrored Universe. I, it's already recording. I don't know if you just want to jump right into it or sure. what. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. I think everything's set to go. This on do not disturb. Okay. Sorry, I was like, I was um racing here because I had such a busy morning, but we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks even for showing up. I'm of so course. Speak with you and just get to like know you a little bit more outside of just social media. Um, yeah. It's a very different fun. world. It is. Yeah. Like actually see you as a person is kind of cool, which yeah. I think like you're doing right now, even with the things you've been posting. Yeah. We're connected, but I'll get into that. That's great. Yeah. I'm happy you feel that way. I've really been trying to kind of have the same like type of engagement with my audience because I feel like it's very easy to get caught up in an illusion of who you think someone is. And then you get to know them on a deeper level and it doesn't match, you know, but. I agree. I agree. And like, I just love having conversations with people, especially when like with you, you're such a visionary artist, you know, like a visual artist. So to like talk with you and actually get to hear your words, like I thought it was super cool. Do, sorry, before. before no, I, do you want to do like a little introduction? Sure. Yeah. My awesome. name is Giselle Maria Libarra. I am a full-time Mexican surrealist painter, and I have a business named Sincerely Art that is solely based off my art, and where I turn all of my artwork into various different products. And yeah, completely self-taught, completely on this entrepreneurship by myself. <laughs> on my shit. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, what I was just going to mention is like, even ordering packages from you, you bring your like heritage and everything like a little bit of who you are in your packages and I think that's really cool so like obviously that's important to you so how does that like kind of come into your art well I feel like with my packaging I want you to feel kind of like you remember when you were a child and you would get presents or gifts and they would be all colorful and artsy and then as you got older I feel like that kind of changed or things became a little more basic even in school um my office space is completely inspired by a kid's um classroom like everything's bright everything's bold so I wanted my packaging to reflect that feeling of fun and like you receive something that makes you feel or your inner child fear feel super like giddy and excited to get. And I do a lot of my packaging um, on my own, of course, but I do a lot of my packaging to reflect my inner world, you know, so with the thank you card that you receive, it's always a message letting you know a little bit more about me so that when you receive it, there's a connection between not me just being a seller, but a human being to another human being. Yeah. And I really love like even the little details, like the box of the grinder, you know, or just like little things like that, where it's like basically the whole package is art in itself. And it feels like a a really higher class Lisa Frank. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've actually gotten that um before by an older lady that I met at on a trolley ride. She was like, Oh my gosh, your stuff reminds me of Lisa Frank. And I was like, inner child me is happy. <laughs> Seriously, and how old are you? I'm 27 now. Okay, yeah. so we're we're the same age. I'll be 27 next week. So when, oh, are you you're Taurus or Gemini? I'm a Gemini. Yeah, uh, I like Gemini. You guys are fun. You guys are really fun. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> it's just the facts. Uh, what's your zodiac? I feel I'm like a Pisces. That's right. I didn't know that. Obviously, I'm a Pisces. A, yeah, it was yeah. Because your first coloring book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pieces of a Pisces. So yeah. Pisces. Yes. Yeah, I changed the second one. I was gonna do a part two to that. Speaking on that, but I didn't because. When I launched the first coloring book, everyone was like, well, when are you going to do pieces of a Taurus or pieces of Sagittarius? And I'm like, the point here is not getting, it's not, we're not matching. <laughs> yeah. Like this is my world in this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What was it like growing up? Like, what was, can you tell me a little bit about like, did you always draw? Did you, were you a good student? Did you draw in like class? Like how did, how did it all come to be? Well, I honestly, I can say, and I feel like any other artist can say the same thing, the same answer I'm going to give you. Most artists are very artistically inclined since a Mm -hmm. young age, just because that's kind of our connection to source, I would say. But um, growing up, I, I'm the second oldest child of four. So it's my older sister, me, my little sister, and my little brother. And then my parents, um, we were in total a household of six. And growing up, I personally, because my younger siblings didn't live in Mexico, but me and my older sister, we lived in TJ, I want to say till I was about like four, five five-ish and then we migrated here to the states when I was around that age and we don't I didn't come from money or you know sources like I'm sure a lot of people that you interview or that you've met that are also artistic have kind of the backing to do what they're doing for me it was just me and my drawings and my ideas and I started drawing from what I can remember when I was like 10 Um, I would draw little stick figures. I wish I had them, but I don't. It was literally, uh, like a huge circle bobblehead with a tiny body and I would make their smile super big. I'm going to draw it for you right now so I can show you. Yes, please do. That's awesome. (laughs) Cause I can still remember what, what, uh, they look like, but I never really took art seriously. I was just like, I really like to draw. And during class and during school, I was always the type of person, you know, drawing little eyes or little butterflies next to my name or whatever. But yeah, I I didn't do that good in school. I would say I was an average student. And um, when I when we migrated here, I didn't know English. So that was really challenging for me because yeah, my, we moved here and I started uh, elementary. I was going to say middle school. I started (laughs) school, and my first two years of school were me being in a like bilingual class. 
But when the teachers would talk to me, it would mostly be in English. And I felt so, so isolated. And I actually tried to make a friend. Her name was Zoe. Um, Cause I thought she spoke English and or Spanish. She totally didn't. So it was just me and my art since a very, very young age. I'm drawing one for you now. Oh. <laughs> did you make any friends? Like, did, did, did you feel like you like had anyone that you were able to get close with or like that took you in? Eventually. Yeah. I would say eventually I, I was always the type of friend who only had one friend. Okay. So I was never like, you're a Gemini. So I'm sure you would have like a lot of social, like with different people, you know, a lot of people. I would be in multiple groups, but I would always have like the one person yeah. in, that I would stick to. <laughs> groups gave me anxiety. I, I was very socially anxious when I was younger. And then as I grew older, I kind of realized that I was just the type of person that liked to be with one person only, but I, I talk and, you know, I know how to conversate. I'm not an awkward person anymore. Let me show you my little drawing. Okay, but that is so cute. <laughs> that would make such a sick clothing little line. I, I literally... <laughs> It was just these drawings. I had them everywhere. And my mom, she would always be like, oh, why do you draw that. their smile so big? And I'm like, because I have a big smile. <laughs> like, isn't yeah, that big cool? of my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was always me my creativity. Does your son have like the same creative spirit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's also, I'm... I, uh, I guess I'm a big astrology freak, I would say, but <laughs> he's also a water sign. And I feel like usually water signs tend to have some kind of creative energy within them. He's a cancer. Okay. Amazing with drawing, but he really likes to build. That's his like artistic quality. He can literally build a spaceship out of like Play-Doh or Legos or <laughs> whatever he finds. He's really good at building. It's so cool to watch like what they're able to create or what they like yeah. come up with in their head. Like my son, he'll like randomly, he, he just got a couple costumes from like Halloween at like a thrift store or whatever. And before that, he would say he couldn't be anything he wanted to be because he didn't have the costume for it. So he's like, I want to be a fireman, but I don't have the fireman suit. Oh. <laughs> it's like, you can just build one out of anything. And he's like, oh yeah. And You're right, mom. <laughs> he would have to like go put on a specific shirt or put toilet paper around himself and like create the suit to make it real. <laughs> oh, that's super sweet. Yeah. My son is the same way, but yeah, my son is the same way with like pretending to be characters he feels like he really isn't them unless he has the whole shabam but that just plays into you know being kids because when I was little too I always wanted to be like a princess and if I wasn't wearing a dress I did not feel like a princess so true yeah, yeah. I never wear dresses and then like when I do my son is always like you're a princess you dress up like a princess like, never change I love you so much <laughs> <laughs> how old is your son He's two, I have a two and a half year old and a nine month old. Oh, yeah. And so they're just Mother's Day. <laughs> you too. Thank you. 
yeah it's cool I love motherhood they're so fun it's it's challenging but it's so challenging it's the best most rewarding job you'll ever have and I actually I mean I have this like a question about this actually like how do you how do you like focus on motherhood on top of like your business and your relationships and everything else (laughs) Do you ever feel like you're just going to shut down from the overwhelming yeah. feeling of it? Because same, same. Yeah. Yeah. So um, during the transition, because I was working a full-time job till I was, well, it was 2018. I don't know how old I was then, but <laughs> my son was two years old. Okay. And my routine with him when I was working at that full-time job was my job was from 5 30 a.m to 1 p.m or 2 p.m so I would wake up at 4 30 a.m and you know he's still a baby at that point like in the nursery mm-hmm. so I would just give him a little bottle and then my aunt would take over and then I'd go to work and he would be dropped off at a preschool private preschool that he was going to and then I'd pick him up I'd be off work at two so from two to four, I would try to paint or make stickers or whatever I was trying to do. And then at four, I would pick him up and then it would be mom time. So I feel for a while that I really internally struggled with having it all balanced out because I think once you're a mom, you just have mom guilt, no matter what you do, like you yeah. could be doing your very freaking best and there'll be a thought like oh but what if I should have spent more time with him today and then you're like oh my god like I'm the worst person ever (laughs) and I feel like a lot of that guilt for a while choked me out because I'm like in my mind I'm doing all of these things and I'm working these crazy hours and I'm busy frequently because I want to give you the best life that you can possibly have but in his mind that's developing he was just like why can't we have more time together why can't we play or yeah and that's so extremely difficult explaining to someone who's two and they don't know work or you know bills or they don't understand and then I quit my job and when I quit my job that helped me a lot more because I started deciding that like Mondays and Wednesdays, I would keep him home with me all day and we'd do like creative time together and paint together or whatever. And then the rest of the days I could balance out painting in the morning, working, working on orders and then picking him up. And now he's seven. He's about to be seven in June. So I feel like he's a lot older and he understands more like he's not questioning me regarding why I'm doing what I'm doing and we have set schedules now which also helps um because he goes to school which helps a lot because your kids don't go to school yet right yeah that's gonna take a lot of like that mom guilt off and you'll just be able to be like cool I have eight hours to myself like this is new you know yeah (laughs) and Within that time frame that he's at school, I usually work, paint, and do all my business stuff. So that way when he's off school, it's just me and him. That's and so we can really bond and like spend time together. There are days where I work later than, you know, and I pick him up. But we have a pretty set schedule now. And with his age, he just understands that 
I'm trying to give him the best life I can. And everything I do is for him. And he's also, we've taught him a lot too, like about his feelings and how to better communicate what he needs and how he's feeling. So if there's ever any feeling of resentment inside him that he's like, oh, I wanted to play more or, you know, you were working all day or you were at the office all day. I'm able to be like, okay, babe, tomorrow I'll give you four hours and we could, and he's like, okay. (laughs) That's so important. Yeah. Yeah. My son will like walk away and like deep breathe now. Like he just started doing that. And it's like the cutest thing ever to see him regulate his emotions. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. You're tearing up right now. (laughs) So beautiful. Like just to see these little things. Children are, they're so special and they really understand more than we acknowledge, you Mm -hmm. know, they're so capable of understanding emotion more than we are. Do you think, cause I, do you think that like, they can like feel what we're feeling, even if we don't like tell them. So then their personality plays off of how we feel. Yeah. yeah I think so too. I do yeah. Too. I, I was um, getting my nails done. I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And I was super stressed out. I had been super stressed out planning a bunch of stuff and working on my behind the scenes of what I'm doing. And I was like, man, I just need to go get my nails done and not do anything else. And the lady who was massaging my hands, she was like, it's so important. She made me cry. <laughs> it's like so important that you take time for yourself. She's like, because when you take care of you, you can better take care of others. And that sentence just made everything make sense I'm like Nene that's my son's nickname has been super stressed out with me this week he's been throwing fits he's been upset because he's probably feeling my internal struggle Mm -hmm. and then I pick him up and he's he's used to happy mom mom that's like oh you want to do this let's go or you want to draw whatever but I was super stressed out that week and he was like oh can we go biking and I'm like baby I have stuff to do like I can't next day can we do this I'm like I can't and then you know you just start feeling like in a way they're nagging you yeah like children you know when they're not they just want your attention but in your mind you're like I'm thinking of xyz and you're stuck on playing this little piano that you have like I can't (laughs) do that right now (laughs) but when that lady told me that I was like wow it's it's so important now in my mind to take time to make sure I'm okay too because if I'm just doing if I'm just being the wife and being the mom and being the business owner and being the artist then where am I yeah you know that leads me to my other areas in life to struggle and so the more like you actually take care of yourself yeah you can like benefit every other thing in your life yeah yeah then yeah, everything so else is balanced. You balance within, everything else balances out too. But when everything's chaotic in your mind, I feel like life is just reflecting that to you. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. Do, do you think your family is like your driving force behind what you're doing right now? Like everything you're doing? Yeah, I would say I feel in my mind, I owe my dad the world. Like my dad and my mom weren't. I would say like the best standard parents, you know, like there's 
relationships that I have with friends where I kind of envy the relationship they have with their mom or their dad because they're like this. And for us growing up, well, for me particularly, because I can only speak from my perspective, um, I was never like this with either of my parents. So that caused me and led me to be very resentful at my youth and rebel. Like I was like, whatever I can do to make a point that you're not making me feel loved, I'll do it. And then I went through the healing phase after now as an adult, you know, of healing adult me and childhood me and understanding they did the best they could. But now that I'm here and I'm trying to build this empire for my son, I really honor everything that my dad did because he wasn't the most emotional or, you know, aware parent, but he did everything he did to get us here. There was never, even now he's like 50 something and he works really hard. And I always just think like, I want to be the reason you can rest. And you can just live without feeling like you're constantly in survival mode and like you're struggling and you have to pay all these bills. So that's my number one on my list for why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I want to get to a certain place that I have in my mind. And of course, my son, like that's not even a question. He's my whole heart. But I feel like I owe my dad a lot. I owe him a lot because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even have what I have now or be doing what I'm doing. We'd be in Mexico, you know, like struggling or yeah. And he raised six and he was (laughs) the only financial provider for our family. So yeah, that's insane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and four kids is a lot. I mean, even with two, I, it's such, even probably with one, it could be like such a struggle. And then, yeah, with four and having a whole household that moved to a different country and the culture shock and everything around that, it would be a lot. Yeah. Um, you have an infant and a toddler. Yeah. I applaud you. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I really applaud you. I so. I'm proud of you. Whatever you do. <laughs> keep doing it (laughs) (laughs) but I I kind of do like the same thing you were because like I I also like work weekends at a coffee shop and then like I and then I mom during the week weekdays and my husband's at work working 12 hours a day and it's like those that two hour block to like focus on what you want to focus on is so important to just like take time for you and to build something more like because I kind of have the same mindset of like I didn't have a great relationship with either parents, but I would love to like leave my parents. Like I would love to make my dad stop working and like, just like let everyone just hang out and get to know one another outside of like the chaos of the everyday world of like, you have to be here. You have to do this, like this scheduling. It's like working. Exactly. Just work forever. And yeah, I mean, like, did you ever feel intimidated by like leaving your job or making that decision? Like, did they support you through all oh, of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they did not. <laughs> so, okay. Let me tell you. I'll tell you that story. Yeah, that was a good story. Um, I had been working. I told you I was working at 
I don't know if I can say the name. I mean, I don't work there anymore. Mitchell International, which is a, a pretty much a call center where we okay. do insurance and car stuff. Um, and I remember when I started that job, well, before I got to that job, I was working at CVS. And then I was like, I have a one-year-old, a, like an infant. He was probably like seven months. I cannot work at CVS and make $400 every two weeks. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have to get something better for myself. And keep in mind, I have always been the ugly duckling of like my family, the one that stressed them out the most, I want to say. Okay, um, I feel that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to get a good job. My dad, his whole life, he has just told us like, all he ever wanted for us was to go to school, go to college and get a career. That's why he moved to the States for us to do that. Right. And like, sorry, life, Dad. I'm going to fucking college. Like, let's be real. <laughs> Not going to college. Like, no, my friends were all like excited. They got accepted and I did get accepted into a few universities, but I was just like, I don't have even the desire to go to school. Like, yeah. And what am I going to study? No, like I, I was never interested in anything other than art. Yeah. So working at CVS and then I get a better job at Mitchell International. They're paying me good money. I'm making like a thousand a week. So I'm like, cool, this is great. Like, and back then inflation was not here. So yeah. I was solid. I was doing good where I was at. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I said a thousand a week. It was like a thousand every two weeks. I was getting okay. paid 500 a week. But still, and, you were able to like support yourself yeah. and, your son and my son. Yeah. And, not, and then we paid for his private school. So that was also a huge bill that I needed to make sure was covered. And um, I went into that job. I made good friends with some of my coworkers, but I remember telling them like once they figured out I was an artist and I would draw or whatever, because I would always be at my desk. I did my first Zodiacs at my desk at Mitchell International. Like, and I would bring my stickers and I would have them in my cubicle and I had my envelope. So when things would get slow, I was like fulfilling orders, like low key. <laughs> Make sure like I'm still doing what I gotta do, but I'm still on the clock doing That's what I gotta do. Right. That's awesome. That's <laughs> Double shift. <laughs> and uh, my coworkers would be like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, they're like, you're going to make good money here. If you stay here for years, like I make this amount of money and you can become a lead and this and that. And I'm like, I don't want to be here for more than a year. Like, no. And they would be like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to be an artist. Like that's, that's what I'm going to do. And, oh, I think you froze. froze. Oh no. Okay. Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they were asking what you wanted to do. Sorry. Sorry. No, uh, no, it's okay. And I was like, I want to be an artist. So I told them and I told myself, I'm giving myself one year here and then I'm out. That's it. This money, I'm using it to reinvest into myself so that I can leave this job. They thought I was fucking crazy. They were like, that's so smart though, to like give yourself, give yourself like a deadline. Like that yeah. is really smart. Yeah. And 
a lot. That's a huge, aside from the story, that's something that I've told so many people who have, or are interested in doing what I'm doing. Like, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs or artists that are self-sustained just tell you like, oh, we'll take the leap of faith and like, just trust that everything's going to work. And yeah, you can, and it might work, but you should always have a plan and a structure to what you want to do. Because if you have me, I was like a year. And then I started telling myself, I want to make $500 from my art aside from what I'm making at my job. And I would make a plan to make that $500. Okay, cool. I'm going to make stickers. I'm going to make lighters, drop them. Cool. Now I made the 500. Then the next month would come. Okay. I want to make a thousand dollars. And then I would make make X, Y, Z, some other products, hoodies. And I'm like, okay, cool. I make a thousand dollars. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to make a thousand five hundred. So I would always up my price as the months went by, making sure that I was also coming through in the way where I'm making sure I'm going to make that money because I'm working on making products that will make me that money. I'm not just sitting there not doing anything, you know? Yeah. And eventually I remember, um, Philip, my my fiance now, Rob Anthony, I'm sure that's what you know him as. His yeah. Name is, sorry, babe, if I outed you because <laughs> he goes by Rob, <laughs> but I know him oh, as Philip. <laughs> um, he was like, we were painting in the garage one day and he's like, I was like, wow, babe, I've been making more from my art than I've been making at my job. Like, and I don't even want to go back to work. And he's like, <laughs> then why are you going back to work? Like you, like God's showing you, the universe is showing you that you can do this. Like you should do it. I was terrified. I'm like, I have a two-year-old on my hands. If this doesn't work out for me, what I'm going to have to get another job. Like that's not ideal, you know? So I remember the months kept going by And I was just like, okay, now I'm hitting 4K a month. Okay, now five, now six. Cool. Now I don't even need this job. But still, my resistance was I have a safety net. Because if I'm not making anything up in my art business, I'm still getting paid. Yeah. Every two weeks. That's something I couldn't bring myself to gamble. I'm like, "Mm, no. So one day I'm again at his house and he's like, how much did you make this month? And I'm like, oh, I made this month. He's like, babe, what the fuck? He's like, what are you doing at your job? And I'm like, I'm so terrified. I don't know. Like, I'm just so afraid. What if this is just like good luck right now? You know? So it's literally November 26th. I remember the day, November 26th. And it's right before the holidays. And I, in my mind, made the impulsive decision that it was just time to be done with my other job because I'm like, my orders at home is way more work than what I'm putting in at this job, right? Like, I can't even, that's when I'm telling you my time was literally so tight. Like, go home, work on orders, paint, don't have time to paint, pick Nana up, more orders, emails. It was just insane. Did you have a savings at this point? Like, so oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So you definitely. weren't just like blowing it all. Okay. No, 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 no. Never me. Never me. <laughs> Never. I don't even think I own one designer item, honestly. <laughs> so 
not me. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was November 26th. And I was just like, it's just time. I just felt it in my whole being. I'm like, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I don't. And I had already been off for a week. And so I text my manager, I'm sorry, but I I'm quitting. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't give you a two week notice. I just don't see myself coming back. Like, and there was also a lot of things going on in my internal world during that period where I was just deeply reflecting on what was going on. And I'm like, I need to make something that's gonna benefit my spirit, like a move. So it's November 26th and I'm like, I just start crying and I'm like, I quit my job. Oh my God. What if it doesn't work? And I'm crying. And then I see my time and it says 626. So I'm very about like angel numbers and all that. Same, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, let me Google 626, like angel number 626. And it was pretty much telling me like that spirit had led me through a series of events that was telling me that I was always going to be provided for and backed up with whatever I chose to do. Did you feel like immediate comfort? Oh, and like, gosh, yeah. Right? And I'm bawling. I'm like, okay, God, like I hear you. <laughs> I'm like, I will trust that this is going to work for me. And I'm crying. And then I go downstairs to my little sister's room and I'm like crying. And she's like, bitch, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I just quit my job and I don't know what if I made a mistake but it worked out it worked out after that my dad and my family though thought I was crazy they were like my aunt I'll never forget she comes to my room it's like a couple days after and she's like I heard you quit your job and I'm like yeah she's like are you crazy it's right before the holidays like (laughs) and I'm just like well, I'm making way more than like at that job. So, you know, and she's like, that's just unrealistic. And it's just not responsible because you're a mom and your child is too. She's like, and yeah, you know, maybe you think that this is going to take off, but what if it doesn't? And I immediately knew that she was mirroring my inner battle, right? She was literally mirroring my thoughts of doubt, my thoughts of insecurity, my thoughts of what if it doesn't work. And I just left it at that. I'm like, you're just a reflection of my inner battle, but I choose the road to abundance. Like it's done. And I mean, now they're like, oh, wow, you're so successful. Like, great. And did it kind of like light a fire under your butt? Like, I'm going to prove you like, right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I got, I'm a Sag rising. So that's my fire. That's my fire energy. And I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how far I can go. <laughs> I do, like your aunt too. I mean, so many people have the idea that like, if you're an artist, you have to be, you're basically like young and broke. And that's basically it. That's how people view yeah. artists. Like, do you think there's a huge problem with that and viewing art as like, not profitable yeah unsuccessful kind of like have a negative connotation to it well I don't know what that I don't know why that is I in my perspective I think that when someone tells you they're a full-time painter they you immediately or their mind goes to 
oh, so you're in a gallery. Like you must be in a gallery. And galleries don't move as quickly as having your own business from your art. So I feel like maybe that's why when we go out or, you know, I've met people too, where I'm like, yeah, I'm a full-time painter. And they're like, oh, that's cool. What do you paint? And then I show them and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm like, yeah, like, this is what I do. They immediately think, oh, you make barely any money because these galleries are taking most of your commission. Like they're, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, there's just, there's a difference between how do I, how would I, how would I word this the correct way? I feel like there's a difference in someone who makes art just because they enjoy it mm-hmm. versus someone who is extremely passionate about art and wants the world to know their art because they're living on different energies. If you're just creating because you thoroughly enjoy it and it's something you love and that's just what it is. That's great. That's a great thing for you. You should pursue that forever. But if you're a person who's like, I know, like me, I know the work I put out is beyond what what's out there right now, right? At least in my mind, maybe I feel like an art god. Or no, something. it is. It is. Thank you. At least like yeah. it's dream. <laughs> I love it. So. Yeah, my maybe I am a bit delusional. Maybe I think that my art is meant to heal the world in some crazy way. But that delusion has always shown up as truth for me. So I will always continue to follow it. And I also feel like the older generation in particular, like my parents, I mean, if you tell them, oh, I'm going to quit my job to paint full time, they're like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Why? They don't understand there's a whole market. The art market is enormous, enormous. It's huge. People, you go into any household and they have at least one piece of art. I feel like that's not seen enough. People think of it as so small when in reality, art is everywhere. Art can be on TV and a commercial when you see it. You can walk into someone's home and see a painting. You hear music, that's a form of art. Art is everywhere. And there's a book on a bookshelf, like literally everything. But I just think that the older generation have this way of viewing the world as you work a nine to five and you make a life for yourself from that. But that's not the younger or our generation's reality. We're sick of that. (laughs) We're not doing that anymore. And also, I think. I think it brushes off a lot of people who like commit themselves into their work and like basically brushes it off as not art when it is like the people who like sit there and work on like the cartoons for 12 hours a day. Like there's someone literally doing that. Like it's just a fun movie to watch with your family, but that's a form of art. It's a job. It's It's a job. Job. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the way like plates are set up at a restaurant that you're like going to. Like it's to your art form. Like literally is someone's hands are making that and creating that and you are enjoying it. And so I definitely think it's like this generation is respecting human beings and what they do a lot more. And I think it's so important. 
I think we're no longer conforming to the idea that we're just meant to work and produce more money for the government and help them thrive while we barely starve on what they're paying us. I think people are starting to look within and say, how do I want to be fulfilled? Because before it was just you work your job, you come home to your family, you go to work again in the morning. And now we're like, who told us that? And why are we, why do we accept that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you worried about things like AI and AI art? Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, You asked me this question. (laughs) I've been like delaying. I'm like, I don't want to think about it. Um, I honestly just thought about this question as I was going over my questions and I'm like, uh, I, I'm like looking at, like, even I have your art on my walls and I'm just like, uh, looking at it and I'm like, I don't see how AI could mimic it, but yeah. it, it definitely like, it's it scary. try to come up with something. Yeah. yeah. And it's scary. It's scary. It's scary. I'm not going to lie. AI is terrifying. Like some of the images that I see where it's like Donald Trump getting arrested and it's not real. Yeah. I have been showing an entire movie created by AI and it looked real as fuck. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. It's weird. It's scary, but I feel like the people that I attract are people who love authenticity and things being made by someone and I feel that I will continue to attract these kind of people I'm sure some of my opportunities will be diminished because of AI because if they're looking for someone to I don't know paint them a fire movie cover or whatever they could just do AI like and it's free you know no one they're not paying anyone but at the same time I know I will continue to attract people and opportunities that are aligned to real value. And I don't want to say that AI is not valuable because it is in a lot of different ways. But when it comes to art, art that's me being made by hand or by someone who's creating it is far more valuable than art that is just going to be generated through a computer. Because there's no emotional depth or connection to it. It's just production. Yeah. And you talk about this a lot, like you've talked about this on your runs recently too, like about how the energy that we put out, like obviously we like attract back to ourselves and in that, in that belief system, like, do you also believe when you create a piece of art, like with a certain type of energy, someone can feel that energy when they connect to that art piece? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All the paintings that I've created so far are intentional and they mean probably more to me than I even explain because I like the viewer to have their own feeling behind it when they see it I want them to feel what they want to feel and then if I get asked about it I'll give them the depth and what I was feeling when I was painting it but I feel like everything that I create is always emotionally based even if it just looks like something beautiful or something put together pretty or whatever, there's a way deeper feeling behind what I'm painting, why I'm painting what I'm painting. 
And I think that because I put that intention when I'm painting the actual piece, it's only mirrored back to me when it's out into the world that they feel it, even if it's in their own way. I can see that. Do yeah. You, when you deal with like hard pieces, like, a, um, like the piece with the miscarriage or like even your relationship with your own mother, like pieces like that, do you go into it kind of with like the mindset that that's what you're going to paint? Or do you kind of let the painting guide you like a form of therapy? It depends on, so I will always have an initial thought. So my initial thought will come out of the blue, right? It's like, I'll be laying in bed and then I'm like, wow, I would really love to see a woman midair or something, you know? And then I'm like, that's cool. And I just keep it in the back of my mind. But then I go in deeper with myself because for a while, when I started painting, a lot of the things that I was painting had no emotional correlation to me whatsoever. I was just trying to make something that made you say, wow, like, wow, that's pretty or wow, that looks gorgeous or wow, the colors, you know. And then last year, I life threw me into a fucking hurricane. <laughs> it was crazy. It was a crazy year for me. And I felt like it literally forced me to slow down and ask myself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it for the profit? Is it because I thoroughly enjoy it? Is it because it moves me? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And for a long time, I questioned myself and I'm like, am I even meant to be an artist? Like, what if I just stop? What if, what would I do? Where would I move? Like, in what direction would my life go into? But I started realizing that I was feeling this emptiness because when I was trying to paint something or conceptualize something, it wasn't connected to me at all. It was just a beautiful concept, which is still art, but not the kind of art that I want to make, right? Which is like moving art. So now it'll always start with an initial picture, like the butterfly moon. I'm like, I had a dream of it though, that one. I was like, in my dream, I was painting a butterfly, but it was attached to a moon. And I was like, oh my God. And then I woke up and I was like, I need to paint that. Um, but now with my work, especially the new new painting I'm working on right now and like the miscarriage and stuff like that, I will always feel the direction as soon as I start painting it. So with the miscarriage, I was coming up on the 10th year of the miscarriage, like my actual miscarriage. And I was dealing with a lot of emotional turmoil with feeling like I had never really fully expressed all that pain or even held a space for it. When it happened, I was so young. I was 15. So in my mind, then I was just like, I just have to get over it. We have to move on. Like, it's not going to stop if I stop. So for years, for like 10 years, I lived with the shadow of this grief that I hadn't allowed myself to feel because it was so scary. And when I finished it, when I started painting it, I was like, it's time. Like, we're we're just ready. We're ready now. We're ready to just take this whole grief, anger, sadness, and just put it on something. Because in a new, in a way I knew that it would heal me, 
but also heal a lot of other women that have experienced a miscarriage that probably don't talk about it like I did. And so I wrote the poem to it. And I remember I was sitting here at my office at the couch on my couch. And I um, told my fiance, I was like, I wrote a poem. And he was like, you did? And I'm like, yeah. And I read it and I just, I bawled. I bawled so hard. And I allowed myself to feel the grief. And when I looked at it on my phone, because I had already taken a picture that I was going to post of it, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for my pain to become healing for someone else. And then I put it out. And that's probably my second most famous piece to date is the miscarriage. I had actually had a dream of something similar to the painting, like, like a week before you posted it, I was like, I started having dreams of my own miscarriage and I texted my best friend and I'm like, it's almost like I can see the baby unattached from me, like, like transcending into like a, like a higher being. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, there's like an emptiness inside me of like all the pain that I'm experiencing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm watching, like I'm letting go of like my baby. And then like, you posted that. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> You're like, it had to be you, huh? <laughs> you really are connected in all these weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. Um, Speaking on what you just said, how you had seen that visual, I believe that creative energy moves like is essentially vessel through one person. So I'm the vessel for the painting, but creative energy is scattered wherever, like the same kind of energy. Right. So when I finished it, some girl uh, DM'd me and she was like, I just sketched this a couple of days ago. And it was literally almost resembling the painting I did. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's deep, you know? So I'm like, this that's is, crazy. yeah. And now you're telling me that. So I'm like, wow, that it was just, it, I was just the vessel for but that's kind of like the feminine divinity, like coming yeah. in the whole and just yeah. finding this connection over things yeah. that need to be talked about that aren't talked about. Yeah. And you're like, hey, let's like, yeah. let's feel this together. <laughs> let's feel it together is very, that's big. I yeah. hit the bubble on that specific painting, the miscarriage. I wanted the baby to be in a bubble because through my own experience, when my miscarriage happened, I felt like. I had a stillborn birth. So I know miscarriage is usually like the fetus is a lot smaller. Yeah. But for me, I was five months and I pushed the baby out and I held him and it was, it feels like a movie now, but it happened like this and bubbles happen like this. It's there and then it's just boop and it's gone. You just like made my whole like body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the symbolism behind the bubble or the feeling I had when it happened. It was like the five months that I was carrying the baby, they were just gone in a blink of an eye. There was nothing. It turned into oblivion, just like a bubble does. It's there and it's gone. And so you were like 15, right? Yeah, I was 15 when it happened. Did you just, were you just forced, like not forced, but did you just like move on with life like at that time? Because 
like how do you cope with something like that especially if you're dealing with like family drama and stuff and you don't even know fully how to like regulate your emotions because you haven't healed like it's just so Uh, hard it was it was very it was very challenging because I was in a relationship with someone much older than me at the time so I was in a relationship with someone who was about six years older than me and I had a deep fatherhood wound um where I didn't really have the love that I wanted from my dad growing up so I think that's what made youth me go into this relationship with this much older person because I looked for the love I didn't that was absent from my dad within him and it was very abusive in every way physical verbal spiritual every single way that a relationship was very abusive So when the miscarriage happened, I was already dealing with a lot of emotional turmoil when it came to the abuse from the relationship. And then that happened. And I felt like it just stopped everything that was going on in my life. There was the moment I knew I was going to have a miscarriage because I went to the I started bleeding a week prior. I'm 15. I started bleeding. I go in, you know, obviously I can't say the name of my partner. He can't be there because he's an adult and I'm a child and I'm by myself with my mom and they just send me back home and they're like, we think you're fine. You know, this happens during pregnancy. My spirit knew something was wrong. We go, I go back home. It's a couple days past like four days and then I'm bleeding again. So I go back in and then they decided to, um, like, hospitalize me yeah where they put an IV in me and they were just monitoring me but one night I was going to sleep and my aunt sends me a picture of like God's hands holding a baby right before I'm falling asleep and the second I saw that picture I was like he's he's leaving me like I just know he's leaving oh my god and I was it literally I saw the picture within two minutes my cramps were insane I started con contract like contractions were just insane and I'm telling my mom like I just feel a lot of pressure right now and she's like it's you know just like rubbing my head she's like we just gotta calm down but she's also freaking out and I call the nurse I'm like pressing the button and I'm like screaming I'm like I'm in pain and the doctor comes in he puts his fingers inside and he doesn't say a thing to me he just says we need to get her up to the seventh floor right now and I'm crying of course so the whole movie I want to say of it just happened rapidly and then I held him for like two minutes they took him away and then the next morning I woke up I was just in a state of shock I had no reaction, no feeling, no energy. I was just there on the bed. And I started watching Saw. (laughs) Oh my God. Which probably was the worst thing I could have done. But see, that was me and my pain. I couldn't feel my pain. So looking at someone else be in pain soothed me in a way. I can see that. Yeah. And the nurse comes in and she's like, we probably shouldn't be watching this right now, honey. Like, so she changes it and I'm just sitting there and she gives me a little, like a pillow, but it has like a little opening. It's like a pouch. 
And it had pictures of the baby and his blanket and his little oh socks. Oh my god! Yeah, and his little like beanie that they put on him. And I just saw the pictures and I just, I couldn't, there was no response. I couldn't even feel the feeling. Yeah, you I'm, turned it all off. Like what in the world? Um, and then I go home and my family's over and they're just talking to me. And my mom's cooking for us. And she's like, do you want anything to eat? I have a little something to eat. And I want to say I was that way for like about a week. No feeling, no crying, nothing. And then my older sister, she actually recently just told me this, maybe like a year ago. She was like, you don't remember when Josue was my baby's name, rest in peace, passed away. You broke the mirror and you like cut yourself. And I was like, I don't remember that. So my brain, it was just a bubble for me. It was a big feeling that was there and I just popped it and it became nothing. But internally, I had that emotional turmoil where I couldn't process it. And I started doing healing work, I want to say when I was like 17. But I also started experiencing with a lot of psychedelics then. So that kind of makes you look at yourself, you know, and parts where you're wounded. And um, I had a big, a big moment where I opened like myself up and I was like, you're hurt right now. And that's okay. And I just, it was very big, but the miscarriage itself, there was not really any kind of grief or sadness that came from that moment exactly until years later and until I painted the painting which is when I really allowed myself to feel the feeling of him being carried away me watching it and just reliving it yeah so it's crazy it's kind of like you're feeling it for the first time like yeah Yeah. so that's Yeah. And I think it needed to be done that way, though. I feel like the universe worked that out in my highest good, because if it wouldn't have been for that painting, I probably, sorry, I'm plugging my charger in. You're okay. Wouldn't have given myself the space at all to feel that feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, Every woman, I know every woman's story is different. All I can do and all I want to do through my art is just be a space of healing for other people where they feel like no matter what's going on, someone can relate to them because I, especially with women, especially with women, I feel like as women, we have such a big emotional responsibility for our families as mothers as partners as people yeah every every single role that we play we carry a lot of emotional baggage I want to say and it's just our society just plays us to be that way we're just the bearers the ones who carry everything and who fix things and who make sure things are okay and we nurture and we provide and we care. And I feel like I want my art to be a safe space so that whichever, whoever, whichever woman, whoever that's a woman comes across my art, just can literally look at it and go and just take a second for yourself or for them or 
because I feel like we don't really have that. And that's a big goal I have through my art too, is eventually I would love to do conferences, like healing conferences with women where it's all women. And we all have like a big meditation session and we all share trauma or just heartache or things that we're probably not saying at home because we're the ones who are supposed to keep it all together. And we heal together like a connected group. That's a big that's a big thing I want to do with my art, too. It's it's beyond the surface level of it. It's more internal for me. I feel like that is you're, you're like making me tear up because I do uh-huh. feel like it's so important. And it's just, yeah, I mean, I feel like that is why so many people are connected to your art is because they do find that they heal themselves within it. And that allows them to like move forward a little bit, just some yeah. form of progression and to move That's on to like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just, it's so valuable. It is so valuable. I Do appreciate you. you. <laughs> I appreciate you. you. Yeah. Do you think psychedelics um, are like important in your journey to get to transcend in some sense? I will say that when I did acid for the first time, why I've only done it one time, me over here. <laughs> I've only done it that one time. Okay. That one time. <laughs> yeah. That one time. I will say that when I was on my acid trip was probably the most connected I ever felt to our entire universe. Like there was a point in my trip when I was about to come down and I didn't know that at that point um where we were in the car and I could feel the rocks underneath me and I could feel myself as the trees moving and I could feel the air outside of the car and I could feel the animals and I remember telling my friend at the time I could get stuck here and I would not mind it's like the most peaceful thing I've ever felt And he was like, are you okay? (laughs) And I'm like, I am so calm and so me right now. The truest essence of okay. Yes. Yeah. And just feeling like I don't even have to question because I just understand if that makes sense. And I think that psychedelics definitely played a huge role within my first pieces of my art. That was years ago, though. I was 18 when I took acid. So I'm due for, I'm just like. <laughs> you ever taken mushrooms? No, I haven't. I want to. Okay. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say I'm due for a little shroomy because. That is so shocking to me. Yeah. Wow. I never, never. I've had the opportunity and I, I didn't take it. And. I, I wanted to microdose. I'm still considering it. I've been looking into it, but I feel like I'll know when I'm ready because with acid, I had the tab for a long time and I didn't take it. And then it was just one morning that I woke up. I literally woke up and my first thought was today's the day. And I just took it. So I think that when I'm, my spirit feels ready to like, elevate myself and my spiritual journey 
I will take it. I'll, I'll definitely it'll take it. It'll be presented to you at the time. Yes, and it'll just be there. I won't yeah. have, like, my first acid trip, I never went out of my way to get it. I never called someone and was like, hey, no, it was just there. So I think that. I like to do life that way, effortless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been traveling more, too. Do you feel like that's more important to gain a new perspective and kind of that kind of shows itself in your art like to see all the different places and stuff oh yeah yeah nature to me is so grounding like if I'm ever feeling stuck frustrated angry if I practice gratitude walks I don't know if you listen to Tony Robbins but if you don't you should he's amazing he's a life coach And, um, my fiance actually put me on to him, but he's also a Pisces. That's why I love him. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he has a thing called a gratitude walk. So you could be in whatever state you're in, angry, sad, frustrated, calm, happy. I try to do them every morning before I go on my run. So I'll start my walk and a gratitude walk is where basically you name 10 things that you're thankful for that you can see. So for me, it'll be like, wow, look at the beautiful flower. I'm thankful I can see it. And then trees and then the sky. And then I think about 10 experiences that I'm thankful for that have already happened. So it'll be like me hitting seven, you know, figures on my art or like becoming this person or painting this or whatever. And then it'll be 10 things that you are already thanking yourself for that haven't yet happened. So like, I'm thankful that I'm gonna do this next year, or, you know, I'm gonna have a house or I'm thankful for this brand new car without you even having it. And I just feel like the earth, we're so interconnected, honestly, like if you look at your palms and your fingertips, this looks like a your fingertip literally looks like the inside of a tree like yes yeah we're all so interconnected and I love hugging trees I'm a tree hugger I'll hug a tree <laughs> like they have so much energy and the whole universe does I mean but especially the nature like to walk on the ground without socks on that's very grounding if you're feeling frustrated going outside and hugging a tree or yelling into the vast of nothing Nature just plays a huge, huge, huge role in who I am and my work, of course. I mean, everything I paint is guys. <laughs> Mostly- you live in the city, so it's kind of like you have to travel to like yeah. escape yeah. that way. Yeah, we. I do live in San Diego, which is, um, we have a lot of beaches here and a lot of nature too. I wouldn't say I live in a, like LA is more, mm-hmm. there's less less yeah. nature over there it was definitely prettier than LA yeah more like more <laughs> beachy more mellow mm-hmm. no traffic mm-hmm. less intense yes yeah 100% but prefer San Diego yes. <laughs> what um do you have any artists that like have inspired you oh yeah oh yeah I figured so but <laughs> I feel a little worried if you're like I'm the only one that inspired Maybe? or dead living or dead both okay well of course Dali but okay okay wasn't a great person so but his art 
his yeah. arm immaculate. Like, yeah. The thing that the movement he had with his surrealism is next level for sure. Frida Kahlo, that's general though. Mm-hmm. My favorite, favorite, favorite artist that's not living anymore. And I don't want to butcher his name, but I'm going to say it in Spanish. Rene Magritte. It's R E N E, Rene Magritte. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know how you I said it in Spanish though. <laughs> I don't know yeah my my fiance he's always like babe why do you say stuff like that like I'm like yeah I really want to work with Nike he's like Nike I'm like babe Nike tomato tomato same thing like come on in Mexico we don't say Nike vamos a Nike (laughs) like come on give me a break But yeah, he's my number one. And then living right now, I would say my biggest inspiration for entrepreneurship, that's also an artist, Sue Stye. I'm sure you've heard of her. I don't know. I I think she's in New York. New York City, I would say. Oh, you have to check her out. I will. I'll definitely check her out. I'm horrible with names. And then I always like look things up and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. But yeah, I also follow a lot of creative women that I absolutely adore, like Valentina Voigt. I'm sure you've heard of four yeah. of her. Female yeah. Alitha. Yeah, I, I, I I'm a fan. I rave. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my. Do you plan on doing any collabs with like your fiance? You oh. said you didn't own any designers earlier. You yeah. do well, Anthony. Designer. <laughs> so. <laughs> that's all I need <laughs> like exactly true, honestly, true. Though, the stuff he puts out I go to designer stores we check them out frequently all the time the stuff that he's making by hand is way better than anything you're gonna find at any of these and the quality is insane like I was gonna put I had a, his purse I have then I, I was gonna pull it up but I, it's upstairs no it's okay it's okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah it is it's such a quality and it's beautiful and you guys you guys plan on like collabing together yeah sorry someone's knocking on my door give me one no, second you're fine guess who showed up <laughs> <laughs> As we were talking about it yeah isn't that so crazy <laughs> it's the universe <laughs> What's up? Hello. How are you doing? Doing good. <laughs> Speaking of you guys, are you guys excited for the wedding? Yes. Yes. I'm super excited. We are not rushing into it at all because we're pretty much damn near married at this point. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. I mean, you're a whole ass family. Yeah. We we're have, doing marriage yeah. before the engagement. Yeah. We're. <laughs> We're pretty much, we're good to go, but we want to wait on the wedding just because I don't want planning a wedding is, I already know a big stress. So Mm -hmm. we're going to wait on that, but I'm super excited just to finally be like, I'm a fiance. Yeah. My husband and I eloped because I wasn't about it. I was like, we're going to, we're just going to go to Yosemite and just eloped there. And honestly, some of those memories are way more valuable than yeah because it's too much stress but my best friend and I were talking about how dope like individual pieces that you guys make for your wedding will be today so it would be he he was like 
babe, I have to design your wedding dress. And I'm like, you can't. I was like, no, I want to see it. I'm like, you can't see the dress. Yeah, he's going to make his tux. I'm like, I have to bamboozle you when I walk into the main floor. He could make a reception dress or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he could. You see? I'm full of brilliant ideas. Yeah. (laughs) So one last question for me, and then I have like three quick questions that people ask on my podcast. Okay, great. So my last question, um, well, actually I have two questions. I'm sorry. No, yeah, go ahead. One of them, um, I mean, I know the answer kind of, but you believe in a higher power, right? Yeah. So how, um, like how much has that connected to your art piece in the sense of like, how do you connect to like God or your higher power, whatever deity you like connect to? Well, I feel like, god or the universe for me everything is intertwined so i don't separate any like i know some people are like oh god's different than the universe for me everything's just an essence of god god is just a higher (laughs) higher entity the universe right um i'm not religious though yeah me neither (laughs) (laughs) before y'all go brand me something i'm not please (laughs) yeah um definitely plays into a part of what I paint like I said earlier I truly feel that I'm one of God's vessels for our generation regarding art and quote me when I'm in my grave later once I'm like 80 that the movement that Dolly had was with his work and the way he impacted he was the vessel at that period of time and point for the surrealism movement and he created a whole a whole set of new art and new new visions because he was connected to something higher than him and I feel the same way when it comes to my work I feel like I am directly one of God's vessels meant to inspire and have this feminine divinity like there is some masculine amazing artists who literally paint for men and impact the world of men in their own way. I feel the same way with me. And I feel that if I didn't, I don't know if I didn't have a relationship with God or the universe, I feel like nothing would really have deep meaning, if that makes sense. Because I'm a very spiritual being. So my art is very spiritual itself. And I think it's important to just kind of touch on that, especially because I think there is such like a negative connotation with that as well. Like just being spiritual and like being connected to a higher power, but there is such a separation in religion and spirituality and it's such a different thing. And I think in order to real, to get to a peaceful state of being you kind of have to be connected to something spiritual something higher than you yeah because if you just exist if you don't believe in anything else what is grounding you yeah yourself how did you come here how are you born how does this exist it just came out no there's no, no way there's no way yeah. especially like if you connect to something like what you were saying like on your walks and like trees and stuff like yeah. that like 
you can feel it and you can feel yeah. the life. And like, even, even if you like, you can become a tree if you really want to. Yeah, literally you could be on your deathbed and be like, okay, next lifetime, I'm going to be a tree. Yeah, get there. And then I you're think, here. I think we, I think it's cool because I think your art shows how once you like tap into that, like divinity, you can truly create something that like you've never seen before. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> my last question is, uh, and I think you, I think you mentioned this on one of your runs. Okay. So, but my last question is if you were to go back in time, what would you say to your childhood self? <laughs> That's funny. You're making me do that alignment <laughs> I um I've been doing a lot of like meditation lately and I do a specific one where it's like healing your inner child oh. and I would just tell my inner child that she's safe and that she's happy now and that there's nothing to be afraid of and that I'm really really proud of her because she did a lot for me as an adult I love that. Yeah. And so three questions from people that love you. So one of them, um, you kind of like already touched on, but like one of them was like, what is a tip for someone who wants to like start doing art? Full time. That's well, okay. I'll answer both. If you are someone who just wants to start doing art and you don't know like your lane or like your style, I would play with anything and everything because that's how I started my style. I literally played with watercolor. I played with marker. I played with sketching and I did various forms of art. Like when my fiance and me would hang out a lot as friends back in the day, I would do a lot of abstract art, just like throwing paint on the canvas and like letting myself free. And then I feel like the more you try and the more you explore, the more you're going to find something that you really love to do. And that you're like, this is, this is the type of shit I want to make. That's how I found my style. If you want to become a full-time artist and live off your art, my main advice to you is to have a plan. Having a plan is so important for execution because if you don't have a plan, but you want to get here, how are you going to check off and make sure that you're marking this and this and this and this and this and then eventually getting there? If you're just saying, oh, well, I'm going to see what I'll do. It's like the universe is going to say, cool, we'll see what you're going to do. then." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. I'll see what I'll do too. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see what we're going to do. Sure. But if you're like, oh, I'm giving myself one year and within a year, I want to have made at least a thousand dollars off my business, or I want to have sold to China, or I want to have sold to Japan or X, Y, Z. And then you're marking those off. Then you give yourself more goals and then you mark those off. Then you get to where you want to be. But for an artist, I would say definitely do something focus on your art but also make sure that you're doing something that's bringing in income to nourish your art 
because if you don't have the income and you just quit your job and you don't have income to do it, you're going to put yourself in a loop of always barely having enough and not seeing the results you want. And also, I think in that state, feeling like a failure and blaming your art. So yeah, because you're like, oh, well, I did. I took the leap of faith and I put myself out, but it's like everything I'm making, I'm spending. That's why you need a backup plan. Your Mm -hmm. art is the main plan. If you're whatever you are, visionary, if you want to make music, that's your main plan. But you need to have a backup plan funding the main plan. That would be my best advice. Yeah, that's smart. Um, Number two, what or where have you traveled to that you felt most inspired by? Wow. Yeah, I thought that one was a good one. That's a good question. Yeah. Like the most? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I pick one. Um, well, we just went to the sand dunes and that I was extremely in awe. Like, and I'm usually a water person. I love the beach, but I see the beach all the time. The sand dunes, I was really inspired by. I want to say the most though that I've been in that I'm like, I'm just in complete inspiration was Joshua Tree. And I only went there once. True. Yeah. Joshua Tree is amazing. Especially sunset hour and sunrise. I watched both. And Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Well, Lake, but that's a given because Lake Tahoe, you it's you must go there. You must. I've never been to Lake Tahoe. Gorgeous. And I've always wanted to, it's on the bucket list. It's yes, on rooting for you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and number three might might stump you but what's your happiest memory oh my god <laughs> you put me on the spot <laughs> damn my happiest memory of all time I don't okay <laughs> I'll, I'll put two out there okay okay well the happiest I felt recently was getting engaged I was on a high like it was a whole different high like it was an amazing he did pretty good he did pretty good oh he (laughs) fell yeah he's been fucking amazing (laughs) and then um I don't want to say it's a specific moment but there's nothing that can give me that same feeling of happiness Every morning my son wakes up and he has the biggest smile on his face. Like he literally wakes up, looks at me and just smiles so big. And like, and that every more, I look forward to that. It's like a dopamine kick for me. I'm like, oh, my baby, like you're up, you know? And that's, yeah, those are the memories or the moments daily that I'm like, make me feel just the most fulfilled when I see him smiling. Yeah, I respect that. I get the same feeling. Yeah, I guess they're yeah. just wonderful. They are. <laughs> they and are. their smiles keep you going for sure. Yeah. The whole... It's like they could piss you off and then they're like, and you're like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, the smile that's specifically reserved for like their mom is truly, yeah. the, it's truly. It, the yeah, they, I mean, we were a portal for <laughs> the them you know where they're poor so many things 
<laughs> it's so true though I never like actually thought of us as a portal like yeah thing is a portal a like portal. a life yeah that's yeah that's interesting yeah. <laughs> sit, on that. sit on that thought <laughs> smoke a joy and sit on that thought and you're gonna be like wow <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. I had so much fun. I had a great time. I feel like we went over, but we did. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to like put your socials out there? I'm sure everyone knows. Yeah, my um Instagram is Instagram.com slash sincerely art. My Twitter is twitter.com slash sincerely art. Instagram, sorry, there's sincerely period art. And then Twitter is just sincerely art. TikTok, sincerely period art. Also, um, I have some exciting news. My La Luna en Paraíso painting, The Moon in Paradise, won uh, a contest and it is going to be on display for the first annual exhibition of art in Budapest in Europe. Oh my God. So if you're in Europe, you can check that out from May 20th through June 20th in the heart of Budapest. And I will share, it's a golden duck gallery. But yeah, I'm so excited. I, yeah, that was another. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> it's my first professional gallery ever in Europe. So I'm thrilled. And it's just like, it's just a mark in one of the many notches. Yeah. Like getting yeah. your art out there and yeah. seeing, oh my gosh. <laughs> you deserve it. Thanks, <laughs> I don't know any artist that deserves it more. You're Aww. incredible. Thank you. I really appreciate you. I'm sure we'll talk again. I'm sure we will. You have a lovely day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye.